You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. set off to find trouble and heartache, but we seem to find it when we disregard God and His will. Look back on the times when you might have gotten into trouble, or had heartache, or had some sort of a problem. I can guarantee you, probably if you look back on it, it was a time when you were disregarding what God had for you. You were disregarding God's will, and you were headstrong in doing what you needed to do. Man's got to do what a man's got to do. If we were to be perfectly honest, many of us can look back at our times of distress, heartache, or tragedy and recognize a pattern. That pattern being a correlation between choosing our way over the Lord's. As Pastor Dave will teach you in his message today, whenever we forsake the Lord, disaster is sure to follow. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Ruth chapter 1 as he begins his message, The Long Way Home. Bibles to chapter 1 of the book of Ruth. We are continuing on line by line, verse upon verse, Calvary Chapel method. As we go through the Bible, we are in the book of Ruth. Take a left at Judges, no, a left at Samuel, 1 Samuel, and a right at Judges. You'll find Ruth smack dab in the middle, all four chapters. Today we're going to complete chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 6 through 22. We're going to be verses 2, 6, 2, 22. We're not going to read them. We'll read them as we go along. So last week, we went over verses 1 through 5. We began this glorious, wonderful book of Ruth. Great love story, story of redemption, a story of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a picture we have before us as we get into this story. Some of the things that we learned last week in review is that the book of Ruth was written... And it takes place, excuse me, it was written, they think, by Samuel, the prophet. And it takes place during the time of the judges. We just got finished studying judges, all 21 chapters. We remember it's a horrible period during Israel's history. It was a time when everyone did right in their own eyes. It was a wicked time of moral decay, a time of anarchy and idolatry, a time of sin, a time... When a nation called by God, a nation given the name of God, forgot God, set God on a shelf, didn't obey his commandments, and went after their own things. And yes, we likened it to our beloved United States of America. We likened it to what we're looking at and what we're seeing today in our own dear country. But because of this great wickedness that was occurring, And because of God's word, as we studied, a great famine had come upon the land. Food was extremely scarce. That's what a famine is. There's no food. So Elimelech, a man from Bethlehem, took matters into his own hand. He left Judah, which is where Bethlehem is situated, and he sought greener pastures. But he sought them in the land of Moab, 
a foreign country some 50 miles away. In the first five verses that we looked at last week, we met the family. Elimelech was dad, the father of the household. His wife's name was Naomi. They had two sons, Malon and Chilion. The two sons took for themselves wives from the Moabites. Again, this was contrary to God's word. God's word told them that they were not to do this. They were not to take wives of foreign nations, especially from Moab or Ammon. Names of these ladies was Orpha and Ruth. Elimelech and the two boys died. We're not sure of their cause of death, but they died. Naomi, Ruth, and Orpha were now widows, left in a foreign land. At least Naomi was in a foreign land. Ruth and Orpha were home. This was, that was their home. When you make a good decision, you reap good consequences. When you make a poor and bad decision, you reap negative consequences. Elimelech left God out of all his decisions and he went to the land of Moabites where the grass was greener. This land was an enemy of God. It was an enemy of the children of Israel. In fact, we read during Judges that at one time they came in and oppressed the people of Israel for over 14 years. Elimelech was going in the wrong direction, we said. Instead of waiting for God, he sought out his own. But it was a time when people did what was right in their own eyes. And one bad decision led to another and another and another. He allowed his sons to marry into the Moabite nation. See, Jews were strictly forbidden to marry Gentile women, especially for Moab and Abin, we said. Elimelech wanted to save his family from the famine and escape death. So he exposed them to idolaters and evil. Sadly, the three men died. What started out as a sojourn, a short time, ended up being ten long and arduous years. Ten years of misery and ten years of heartbreak. None of us ever set off to find trouble and heartache, but we seem to find it when we disregard God and his will. Look back on the times when you might have gotten into trouble or had heartache or had some sort of a problem. I can guarantee you, probably if you look back on it, it was a time when you were disregarding what God had for you. You were disregarding God's will. And you were headstrong in doing what you needed to do. Man's got to do what a man's got to do. Soon we find ourselves in a dark place and there seems no way out. Some of you might have been there. Some of you may be there today. But know this. You can always return. You can always return and come back to God. And when you return, God is right there with his arms open to receive you. So as we continue our story now, let's read verse 6. Then she arose, this is Naomi, with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Here we see Naomi now makes a decision to return home. This is a good decision. This is a good decision. Naomi says, I need to go back, back to the land of Judah, 
back to the land of Bethlehem because she heard that the Lord had visited his people and gave them bread. It's a good decision based on the wrong thing. Do I make myself clear? She was going back because there was bread there. She should be going back because that's where God was. Many of us hear God's blessings, but we never experience them for ourselves because we're not in God's will. And this is sad. In Luke 15, verse 17, talking about the prodigal son, he wants to go back to the dad. Why? Because there was plenty of food there. There's always food in the father's house. If you look at the father as being God the father, there's always plenty of food in the father's house. There's always full of manna. It's always filled. People do not receive God's blessing because they are not in a place where God can bless them. When you've been disobedient to God's word and you depart from his will, we seem far, far away from him. We don't know how we can get back, but if we can return and confess, we need to go back to that place of blessing. And the Old Testament is full of that, especially in Genesis. Abraham, after he sinned in Egypt, went back to a place of blessing in Genesis 13. Jacob, in all his troubles, finally went back to God at Bethel in chapter 35. God's plan for the backslidden nation and God's plan for backslidden people is the same. Remember 4th of July, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. That's, everybody says, show me the way, show me the plan. Well, it doesn't get any easier than that. That's the plan. That's the plan for being restored into God's kingdom. That's the plan for coming back to the Lord. Naomi's decision was the right decision, as I said. It was the right decision, but it was made for the wrong interest. Her, her interest was her stomach, not fellowship with the Lord. We talked last week about Matthew 6, and Jesus says, consider the lilies of the field. Consider the sparrows of the trees. And he talks about feeding them. Then he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. Once again, see, the Bible is full of things to do to be in God's will. The Bible is full of nuggets that if we read them, but so many times we read through them like, like a blip. We read through that. And people say, oh, yeah, seek first the kingdom of God. And they go on. Wait a minute. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We read so fast through it. But to Naomi's Favor. She did begin the journey back to the Lord. She did turn and start heading back towards the Lord. And this is what the Lord desires. He wants us to turn. I can say turn to the Lord and not offend anybody. But if I use the meaning of the word turn, people get offended because the meaning of the word turn to the Lord is repent. As soon as you say that, people go, oh, I don't want that's turning to the Lord. That's turning back to the Lord. Repent. 
Come back to him. I cannot read Luke 15. And when I get to the point where the prodigal has finally come home, the prodigal has finally wallowed with the pigs, spent all the inheritance, got no place to go, knows that there's food on the father's table that even the servants eat. If I could just go back and be one of his servants, I'll be able to eat. And he starts to go. And as he's coming, there's the father on, on, on the porch looking. I start to fill up. He's on the porch and he's looking and he's looking. And he sparks him from afar off, it says. And he bolts, he runs. The father runs to meet the kid coming home. Now, in this culture, men didn't run. Men were not supposed to run. First of all, to run in this culture was very awkward because you got to grab the robe and you got to pull it off. But they got to run. Very awkward. But men just didn't run. And here you see the father, which is a picture of our beloved father. It's a picture of the father, God the father running to us, running to us with open arms to welcome the son home. And then when he gets there, then when he gets there, he's not like the earthy father. When we get to the kid, we go, where have you been? I've been waiting for you all year. Where have you been? No. What does the father do? Showers him with kisses. Kisses him and kisses him and kisses him and kisses him. It says, here, take the ring, gives him the signet ring. Here, take the robe, gives him his royal robe. He yells at a servant, kill the fatted calf. My son was lost, and now he's home. Oh, breaks me up. It tears me up. What a picture. What a picture have we have of God. Well, someone coming back to the Lord, it says, angels are rejoicing in heaven when someone returns to the Lord. Oh, my gosh, what a picture. Picture of our Heavenly Father and how much He cares for us and how much He loves us and how much He, he wants to shower His love upon us. Too many times our children return, we want to ring her next. Instead of showering with love. Showering with love. As we come to verses 7 through 9, not only was Naomi's motive for returning wrong, but many believe that she handled the decision wrongly, not wanting her daughters-in-laws to go with her. Let's read 7 through 9. Therefore, she, still Naomi, went out from the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-laws with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices, and they wept. And she said to her, and they said to her, Surely we will return to you, to your people. She doesn't want them to come with her. This is a bad decision on Naomi's part. It's a bad decision on Naomi's part. We should be bringing people to the house of the Lord, not keeping them away. If she was going back to Bethlehem, she should have taken her two daughters with her. They started out on the way. Remember in Numbers 10, 29, you know the verse. <laughs> in 10, 20, Moses is dealing with his father-in-law and he invites his father-in-law to come with them. That's what Naomi should have done. Come with me. Come to my people. Meet my God. Come and meet this God. This is what Naomi should have done. We should be bringing in people in to meet our God. We should be bringing people in. We should always encourage those around us to come to the place of where the Lord is. You can go there. I'm going to the Lord. No. We should always try to bring those around us into the presence of God. 
We don't bring somebody here and go, you wait here, I'm going to the presence of the Lord. No, we need to bring that person in here. We need to bring them into the presence of the Lord. Naomi was telling her daughters to stay in the land and worship idols and false gods. What? What's a daughter of Abraham telling them to do that for? She knows that they're not supposed to worship idols. She knows the true living God. Was she ashamed of her daughters? What Was she ashamed of her daughters thinking, you know, when I take these daughters back, everybody's going to know that we broke God's commandments by allowing our boys to marry these, these girls. We allowed them to violate. Because sometimes we do try to hide our mistakes. We do try to hide our mistakes. In Proverbs 28, verse 13, it says this, he who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. You know, David knew that. David knew that all too well. And when he wrote of his confession in Psalm 51, he said to the Lord in verse 17 of Psalm 51, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Can't cover up our sin. How can you cover up a sin to an all-knowing God? How do you cover up a sin to a God who knows everything, sees everything? How do you do that? Well, we do. He wants us to be forthright with him. Lord, I've sinned. Yeah, I know. I said the S word. Yeah, Lord, I we sinned. I didn't want to do that, but I did. And I'm hardly sorry. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. We need to, we need to come to God on his terms, not our terms. God has specifics for us coming to him. We're broken and contrite heart. Is your heart broken over what happened, what you did? Or are you just sorry you got caught? There's a difference there. A broken and contrite heart. The Lord said, I won't despise these things if you come to me this way. But instead of being broken... We're going to find out later that Naomi was bitter. She was bitter. She was resentful towards God. Let's read verses 10 through 17. Well, actually, it's 11 through 15. But Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. And if I should say, if I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept together. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. I love that verse. But Ruth clung to her. And she looked and she said, Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after her, your sister-in-law. The girls don't want to go. But Naomi is persistent. It's almost in verse 13 like she's blaming the Lord. And we're going to see a little bit more of this in, 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 as we get down here. The hand of the Lord has gone out against me. The hand of the Lord has come against me. She's referring here to her daughters about a practice that's found in Deuteronomy 25 whereby if a woman loses her husband, it was the responsibility of the younger unmarried brother to marry the sister-in-law, and then any children they would have would be given the name of the person who died. That was a practice that we see in Deuteronomy 25. It was a practice, a law. 
It came into being in the gospel several times. It came into being in the gospel several times. The tragedy is that Naomi did not present the one true living God of Israel in a positive way to her daughters. She suggests it was God's fault and that he was to blame for her circumstances. If she and the family had been walking with the Lord, the two daughters would have never have been brought to faith. If the family really had been walking with the Lord, then the two daughters would have been brought to faith and they would have wanted to go. God was not against Naomi. Yes, she has had some brutal circumstances, losing a husband and two children. It had to be a brutal circumstances. But this happened because of bad choices when they went to Moab. But God still had a plan for her. God still had a plan for Naomi. He still had a future for her. He was still at work in her life. And we must always remember that no matter how bad things get, and even when we mess up, God's still at work in our lives. God is still working in our lives. Romans 8, 28, and we know he works all things together for good for those that are the called and love, uh, or those that love him are the called according to his purpose. Now, if you can't live by that, then you need to rip that page out of the Bible. God has a plan. God has a plan. We need to realize that he's not done with us yet. He has a plan. He has a future. He has a hope. What a different outlook we would have if you would just bring this to memory when we're going through a bad time. We'd be able to bring this to memory when we're going through a poor time if we were able to say, Lord, this doesn't look good. Lord, this doesn't feel good. Lord, I don't know what's happening. I'm in a little bit of turmoil here, but I know you have a plan. And I know somehow, some way, this is going to work out for good because that's what your word says, and I believe your word. See, that's how important the word of God is to us. We either believe the word of God or we don't. And you just can't pick and choose what verses you believe. You've got to either believe it all the way from Genesis to Revelation or none of it. Either it's all true or none of it's true. You can't pick and choose. Three times, three times in verses 8, 11, and 12, Naomi said, go home, go back and worship foreign gods. Sadly, Orpha left. She makes a wrong decision and doesn't stay with Naomi. Interesting here is that her name means immature. Her name means immature. They had already started. Look at, look, at, look at the verses we read. They had already started on their way to Bethlehem. Now, they were 50 miles away. We don't know how far they got. It doesn't tell us how far they got. It just tells us that they started on their way. And they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. Now, it was 50 miles away. Now, somewhere during that time, I don't know how, what the timeline is here, but Naomi kept on saying, you guys got to go back. You guys got to go back to your own kind. You got to go back there. So she was close. She was close. She was close to coming into the land of God. She was close to coming into that land that God had given the Jews. She was close to getting to Bethlehem, the house of bread, to Judah, the house of praise. She was close to being there. Sometimes we are so close to the blessing of God that we turn away and go back and we miss it. You are sure. Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of Assure Hope. Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of Ruth when you join us next time. But for now, you can listen to this teaching and others from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. You're welcome to share these messages with friends and family too. 
If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study. Calvary Chapel Cape May meets weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Check out our website for more information and to get directions. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. Or you can always call us for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. If you're not able to join us in person, that's okay. We understand that right now you may be more comfortable avoiding crowds. We're streaming our services on Facebook Live each Sunday at 10 a.m. so you can worship with us virtually. Just follow the link you'll find at assurehoperadio.com to watch. And be sure to follow our page for the latest updates. How can we be praying for you during this study in the book of Ruth? please let us know by giving us a call at 609-884-5821. It's our pleasure to lift you up to the Lord. Thanks for listening to today's message and a sure hope. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study through the book of Ruth, and we hope you'll join Pastor Dave next time for another edition of A Sure Hope.